0: You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players. Hosted on the Line of Sight podcast network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight MonPod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at loswarmachine.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 169 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with just Brett. I'm try- so hard not to say nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. I wonder if we did on 69. Because we had an episode 69. I don't know if we I, said anything. I
1: wasn't watching as much Twitch then. I, I was That's in the of pandemic.
0: <laughs> we'll get to episode 420 eventually. And it'll be just rad. Yep. We're, ad- that? we're adults. Are we- uh, <laughs> to Sure. Something like that. Hey, everybody. Jaden's not here, so we can just say whatever we want today. um <laughs> Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, so, we're gonna kick directly into some news. Uh, one thing that did come up that Brett was kind enough to remind me about is, uh, the, um, community manager for Privateer Press posted today, as of recording, uh, a little bit of information about, um, shipping outside of North America. Uh, basically, so for specifically, it looks like, uh, UK, EU, uh, just I saw a little bit of this conversation happening because some people were getting really, really high shipping costs uh, for the slaughterhouse, and there were some bugs that they were like trying to fix where it kept trying to charge people way too much. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, she just talked a little bit about if, if you are in those areas, um, they've been able to kind of work with like uh, their overseas shipping to be able to get uh, the cost for that shipping way way down. Um, and they I,
1: they promised to cover VAT. Which I think yeah is they're,
0: they're yeah they said they're, they said they're trying to when possible they're covering that as well yeah. which means that picking up models outside the country should be a lot a lot better should mm-hmm. be unfortunately we don't have a lot of like first-hand experience with that process so um, I don't know what other frustrations there may or may not be but hopefully it sounds like the cost is going down a little bit so that's right and that like if this good.
1: this is one of the primary complaints about Prepter press at least in Europe and so the fact mm-hmm. that they're even trying to fix it is hopefully nice. Like, well, especially like I-
0: anybody who's like talked to store owners or is a store owner or whatever, who knows much about kind of like the process of distribution, like Private Press's kind of relationship with distributors has been really weird for a while. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, they've had a lot of logistical problems getting models around for a little while, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people have, but um, Private Press in particular wasn't wasn't kind of big enough to push through it in a lot of respects. So things are kind of smoothing out, hopefully it's the dream anyway.
1: And again, it's probably not going to be fixed overnight, but hopefully, this just means they're working on it.
0: Yeah. Uh, on a related note, Slaughterhouse is out.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. not just a wool draft Actually, Jaden <laughs> Jaden was pretty high on it. Oh yeah. Board. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't I not looked at it a whole lot because I've just been kind of busy. But model looks great.
1: Oh, the model is beautiful. No one's going to argue with that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it looks super good. Um. So, yeah, hopefully that's fun to play around with. Uh, I'm actually playing Grimkin in the Brawl Machine League right now, which was done on a random number generator. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know what faction to play. I guess I'm playing Grimkin. Uh, yeah, they're always kind of fun to just, like, pick up for a little bit. And thankfully, War table's a great way to do that. Yeah.
1: Don't you own it? A... Or no, you borrowed
0: Jaden's. No, I borrowed Jaden's for a little while. Yeah. That was fun. Borrowing a Jaden army is fun because you get lots of. Really like, oh, I saw. I saw. The, I saw the pictures of you you painting those. That's amazing. I was like, I I had nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> so <you>. I promise. <laughs> but thanks. Yep. You know. I mean, yeah.
1: You're not the one who Jaden had to send a picture to and be like, "This is a picture of the two of us. This one's me." <laughs> uh,
0: yes, that is absolutely true. I'm all, actually also Jaden is actually painting me an army right now. So oh, that's, that's funny. I will actually have one that that was done by him uh which is exciting but anyway uh yeah that's more or less news i don't think there's a whole lot of, i mean there there was some like monpok stuff oh, that's been popping yeah, up as well oh the of the, the big update right yeah, yeah the, i almost the, forgot about the, the that yeah, yeah yeah i don't they didn't
1: pre the i think the, i don't know maybe i wasn't paying enough attention but i didn't think they previewed the first turn advantage change they made
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah you were enormous. telling me about that
1: yeah um, basically you get two fewer dice to start with if you go first, which is a yeah. big deal because going first was insanely powerful.
0: Yeah. That's also yeah. funny.
1: They also uh, they changed the rules to make it so that if you win the die roll, you get to choose whether to go first or second. You're not forced to like you used yeah. to be.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs> which is a funny interaction. It's not actually important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah. That sounds pretty good. Because that, that was definitely something like I I never played like with any kind of competitive mindset but there was even just like dicking around i was like there's definitely this sense of like boy i sure have a lot of stuff out and you sure don't and you still have to take like a whole turn setting up <laughs> uh yeah so hopefully that'll uh hopefully that'll clean that up a little bit
1: well and they they hit they hit the the big problem monsters they hit Krakenoctus and globicus really hard and i really yeah.
0: appreciate that yeah yep yeah, yeah they yeah got some new Changes to some of that stuff. So, yep. Yeah. Also, looks like they're like they're selling errata cards. Yeah, okay. it's for like it's like seven dollars. You can like order all of the cards that got changed. Uh-huh. Kind of interesting. Just randomly noticed that. Yeah, it's uh, interesting
1: that they're doing it that way. Um, I've seen a couple companies do like print on demand. You can just yeah. get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they must have felt like that was too much of a loss or something to do it that way, but I don't know. I
1: think they just have a deal with a card printing company.
0: Uh, that's probably true. That is probably true. Yep. All right. Well, that's about all the news I can really think of. Um, however, what we're actually talking about today. So, uh, Warcaster, Collision Course, uh, they're just like us. Um. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um so the warcaster collision course stuff uh has been showing up at people's houses which is pretty exciting uh even uh, a number of people it sounds like overseas are starting to get them in um i'm sure there's some people still waiting but I, i have seen people from like uk and whatnot uh showing that they they have been receiving them so people are starting to get some of that stuff uh which is pretty exciting and i don't know we just wanted to talk a little bit about it i have actually excited so i got my stuff um and i've got the collision course book in front of me which has a few kind of interesting little things in it to bring up specifically like the the stuff i'm most excited about actually is that there's like new missions in here (laughs) Uh which um because the baseline missions haven't always been fantastic in my eyes um
1: especially some especially after the surprising discovery that we're playing more skirmish than full size.
0: Yes, yeah. Yep, yeah, which definitely has has been a little bit different. Um, well, because it
1: definitely felt felt like the full size scenarios were way more fleshed out.
0: Yes, and that and that was a, a big part of it was that yeah, definitely like the baseline rulebook full size scenarios have felt they kind of just felt like what if skirmish was bigger kind of, which didn't didn't work super well, whereas now they they've actually got a lot more like complexity to them, which I I'm, I'm a big okay. fan of. Um the number one thing is the collision course rulebook follows the incredible uh, concept wonderful unique idea that they came up with for the original rulebook which is that it still doesn't have a table of contents of any kind in it um,
1: <laughs> just so a, funny after we after we specifically praise them about that
0: for I whine about campaign. it like once a day <laughs> like just every, every time I need to look in that book for anything I flip to the front and go oh right and have to start scrolling through the whole stupid thing um like I'm sure you'll get eventually to where you can kind of just like flip to the right page cuz you just kind of know where in the book things are but I am not at that point and There actually
1: aren't a ton of rules in it.
0: There's yeah it's not a big if it was a bigger book it would be more frustrating but it's still like can I please? This seems really easy. Can we please put that on there? Um, there's like a handful of pages of like lore stuff at the beginning, which is fun. It's a little like storyline of, of uh, some characters doing some stuff, which is is fun. They're kind of slowly building up that world. Um, they've been doing a lot of like the insiders talking about the, the overall lore and stuff like that. So we're, we're kind of getting a sense of it.
1: It's in the interesting place where they're still trying to like establish the universe, and so they can't do any of the cool moving the plot forward stuff that they do with War Machine.
0: Yeah, it's like we don't know who the characters are and stuff yet, so it's like kind of building that up over time. Um, the first kind of big new thing to appear in the Collision Course uh, is, of course, the vehicle rules. Um, so I've played around a little bit with the ISA Interceptor, and I will say that moving around that base size is really fun. It's a it's a really, like, I don't know why, it just feels really different and. I like well, it's it
1: because you get the base width when you move, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely. Well, it's no, definitely that's not like,
1: true. Not for vehicles.
0: Not for vehicles. No, they. You would if it was like a squad that size, which it's would be. fascinating. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but um, it is just I don't know. It's just it feels it's a really big. You're just. Well, and I haven't put them all together, but it's goddamn beautiful. Yeah, they look. Re- yeah, the inter. Yeah, the interceptor is really, really pretty um i absolutely love the look of that model and my, i've been seeing my, some
1: my only concern is how the hell are you supposed to get that torpedo
0: magnetized it's so heavy it's just it's just a giant yeah the duchess's null torpedo is just a gigantic like chunk of metal that sits on the bottom of it and it's like well yeah. gonna i to need some
1: i guess you can either base up to that or <laughs> i don't know something
0: yeah something um yeah, it's got a pretty nice, like, pretty hefty flight base as well, and one thing I actually really like is that the, in, I, I think people have said this about some of the other vehicles, I am not sure, but in uh, the Interceptor, at least, you really don't need to magnetize the driver, because you can just pull them out. Yeah, because they, <laughs> like, they, they they're pretty snug. Yeah, they 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 slot, like, right in a, you just have to make sure their arms are kind of set right, but, mm-hmm. or else they'll get a little bit stuck, but, um yeah you can kind of just pull them out and so that was kind of nice i was like hey less work i have to do <laughs> i was like this will usually be duchess but it's nice to have the other option um i discovered that being a def five with flying and the ability to re-roll all your defense rolls is really annoying <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and it's isa so it's like by far the fastest thing we they have yeah
0: it's like speed nine yeah it's quick Yep, yeah, that. I mean, that was pretty much the the one the, the time I have gotten to use her. That was pretty much her job was just like cruise cross table grab objective that I could not have reached otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, and then just put up her defense thing and never activate again. <laughs> oh, because it's until your next activation. <laughs> until your next activation. So I was like, okay, That's just sit funny. here being really annoying to kill. Um,
1: do, do you do you think the the versatility of picking weapons is worth it when you can only pick one?
0: Uh, maybe. It's hard with... Because since I'm mainly playing Duchess, like, I'm just kind of using the Null Torpedo for the most part. I also
1: love Null Weapons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's a really good... It's a good weapon. Like, it's nasty. Um, because it has, uh... I'm trying to remember. It has another effect. It has like system failure. I think on it. Oh, I need it does. To look. Which is insane. Yeah. So if it was just null, I maybe I maybe be a little less excited about it. But the fact that it does that as well means it can actually like you have a good chance to like shut down really nasty uh, certain kind of really nasty warjacks and stuff like that. Right. Um, which is great. But uh, yeah, the the vehicles in general are definitely very interesting because you've you've got your your set of different um maneuvers that you get to pick. And uh, one of the things I really like about Duchess is that she can spike to do a second maneuver, which right. makes her ridiculously like flexible. Because mm-hmm. um, usually it's you do whatever maneuver is going to get you more damage, and then you're going to spike to do the either reposition or reroll defense maneuver. And
1: I, I do love how you can pick like an offensive and a defensive one. Yeah, and use them both to full effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been really nice. I, I haven't seen the other vehicles on the table much. Um, I'm not the sure. The Scythe it, has a really good model. <laughs> the Scythe, it's, it's a biggle. It is, it's called a Scythe for a reason. The thing is, th- that Blade is silly, enormous. Um, yeah, it, yeah, they're, they're very cool. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see kind of how much they'll see play. It's kind of funny to try to talk about any kind of like overall meta. I know, I know there is like Tabletop Simulator, um, but even that will like, just by nature being online, will have a slightly different meta to what you would expect from like a physical game. Okay. Um. And so, like, I I am definitely... I'm very excited about the prospect of, like, the first big convention Warcaster tournaments. Because it's going to be a lot of really kind of, so far, insular metas, like, shoved together to, like, see what things people people have figured out and what they haven't. Um, Should be pretty wacky. Although, like, there's a couple things I'm also very curious about. Like, what are tables going to look like, right, for conventions? Right. Um, Because I know what, like... I know what my tables look like, and I know what, like, infinity tables look like, right, as far as, like, being heavy terrain. Uh, But I I don't know what... I don't know how TOs are going to want to do that. Because I've found that there's a lot of different philosophies on it. Like, there's people who build it like it's a war machine table, and that that creates a very different kind of game than Mm -hmm. something a little more, like, dense. Well, yeah, I've told Uh,
1: that story about uh, animatactics.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh... The other thing is so the, the other rules that we have in here is mantlets. I have no experience whatsoever with those at this point. I didn't even get any. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any either. Um People like, it just
1: um, question mark.
0: Yeah, I, I could see there's been a couple times where I'm like, uh, I kinda wish I did have a couple. Not because it would be especially useful, but because it would be like I ended up with a weird amount of arc on this gate. And right. like I have like an extra one. Like I guess I could throw a mantlet down, but I don't know. It, from like a, especially because they they weren't like cheap necessarily. Like dollar wise, they were like weirdly expensive. Um, so they just kind of felt weird to like order, which I just didn't.
1: And there's just something not especially exciting about <laughs> putting a building into play.
0: Especially like the ISA one is really funny to me because it's just a firebrand's shield upside down.
1: <laughs> oh, it does study looking interesting that's like yeah
0: it's it's literally just that with like a little bit of an extra bit of model to like make it stand up basically and um and then they were and they were like i don't remember what they were exactly but they were like more than ten dollars or something a piece and i was like no (laughs) i'm not gonna do that uh and i don't know i I haven't missed them so i I don't know i don't know a whole lot about if anybody's finding any like especially good use for them they just kind of feel like a bit like i don't know too too much stuff to put down i guess um
1: so uh best to just let us know how we're wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's people who who like them, but yeah, I I haven't had much experience with them. The thing I was definitely the most excited about and I kinda want to go over a little bit is is the new missions. So I, I think one thing a lot of people have found as as Warcaster's kind of gone on in its like life cycle is that yeah, we're 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 playing skirmish for the vast most part. There's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is that uh the skirmish missions were a lot more friendly to using the kind of models that you want. Um, most of the skirmish missions could be scored by anything. Um, whereas primary mission, it was like squads only. <laughs> and people wanted to play around with warjacks and stuff, and they just, you couldn't do it. It's like, really? I'm not,
1: I'm not getting into my futuristic war games so that I can put dudes on the table. Yeah, just
0: like regular guys on the table, right? And it's like this cool modular warjacks and stuff, and you're like, well, I can't really, like, use them, because every activation is me, like, failing to score, so. Great. Um,. And the other thing is just that, that like Warcaster's game length is long. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it, it takes a while. And I know there's there's some people on online and stuff, especially like on TTS, who are saying that um they can run games pretty quickly. But from what from what I understand, it's it's pretty jack heavy. Um, you're having a lot more like small activations and stuff like that. I'm I'm curious to see how that'll actually play out on tabletop, or if people start doing like a lot more like squad heavy stuff. Um, cause the thing is, is like the games I've played in person, I haven't felt like we're being slow, like maybe a little occasionally, but for the vast most part, it's like, we're moving, we're getting through things and it's like, are you playing on a th- clock? I haven't been playing on a clock and that's probably what we need to start doing just to kind of, yeah, it, I'm, I'm not sure what the exact correct like clock time is. I know they've mentioned it somewhere. Um, but I want to play around, but like, even then, like. Because from the numbers I saw, like we're looking at, some people are playing primary games last as long as like three hours, which is has been close to my experience. Um, and it's long. It's long. That's way too long. <laughs> yeah, it's very long. Uh, so like, a lot of people have. That's like forty k long. Yeah. So people have kind of have leaned on um, skirmish a lot because it's just a lot easier to get a game in, and and uh, the missions were just a little bit easier to work with. But uh, we have a whole new set of missions coming with Collision Course, which is pretty exciting because we they, they've actually fleshed out quite a bit of stuff, um, which is nice. Um, let's just kind of talk about how they work. Uh, so the first one that they added is called Cascading Failure. <laughs> uh, so this one has a set of six objectives. They basically make a big circle around the middle of the table. Uh, Which is neat. Uh, And they're all numbered, one through six. And they are terrain that provides cover. Now, something that I always wish was like. I almost wish they would, like, template that. Like, have, like, a a thing at the start that's, like. I don't know. It's, like, objectives, terrain, yes, no. Like, so you could reference it really quickly. Because I've had that. Or
1: if it was named something else.
0: Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, because I've had that come up a lot where we're, like, halfway through a game and we're, like, wait, are these supposed to be, like,. (laughs) Build like little buildings or these just flat things. We have to go check. Um, well, and so it's th-
1: like, are we allowed to use our our cool new fancy objective markers or
0: not? <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this one is a squads only. Only squads can secure objectives. And uh, each time you uh, score a um, alien node objective, which is what the objectives are called in this particular one, you roll a die. Uh, an action die. Uh, if you get in no strikes, then nothing happens. If this is so weird to me, I feel like there would be a better way to do this. But if it results in one strike, you roll a d6 on a, on a table. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why don't we start with a d6? I feel like there's a way to do this. Um, if the rule if it's a super strike, so if you get the, the two strikes, you roll a, D stri- a d6 on a different table. So the minor destruction table, which is for when you get one, has six possible effects. Uh, the first one is negative feedback. You clear one arc from each unit within two inches of the alien node that was just scored. So all of your stuff that just scored might lose its arc if it still has any on it, which sometimes can be a good thing. I was going to
1: say, that's actually good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It it depends a little bit on the, like if I'm like, if I have like an Aegis or something and I'm trying to stay charged to get cover or something like that, like that'd be annoying. But a lot of the time in ISA, I'm like, yes, please take my arc off my models. (laughs) All my spikes are weird. Um, next one is minor flare-up models within two inches of the alien node uh are lit on fire which is terrible uh yeah yeah and it's all models within two inches so just
1: Those squads die to fire
0: yeah yeah uh then there's uh tremors you roll a d6 again <laughs> are you kidding? um not Oh, okay. Yeah, it's because this one is random. So you roll a d6, and whichever objective. You, so it says so this is kind of weird. This happens after you score an objective, but the effect will happen on a random objective uh, of on this particular one. Right, as long it's as it's were mo-
1: coming out and eating someone, I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it says tremors. so Call it what you will. I guess um, it's models within two inches of the alien node uh, suffer the lockdown continuous effect, which gives you minus two speed. Okay. Um, that one's probably damage. not too damaging, because you're already by an objective if you're getting hit by it, so it's, like, it's fine. Uh, phase disruption is the next one. Cypher cards on units within two inches of the alien uh, node that was just scored immediately expire. That seems like it will come up never. Um, although, admittedly, some of the new cyphers yeah, for Clicking Course say. do give you bonuses for holding objectives, So, especially, uh, especially f- for ISA.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and... Just in general, um, the the new ciphers have a lot more stuff. That goes yes, there's there's
0: a lot. It's a lot more often that things will have ciphers on the table, which is nice. Um, next one is Celestial Vortex. The scoring player does not draw back up to a full hand of cipher cards at the end of this turn. That one's pretty. Oh bad. God, why? Yeah, that one's gnarly. You don't want you don't want that to happen. Um, and then chain reaction. So this is the same as the fire one, except it happens on a random objective so it can happen on a different objective than the one that just got scored. All right. Um, If I'm going to put on
1: my complaining hat, these are impossible to remember.
0: I know. You have to have the charts. And there's two charts. That's that's one of them. So that was the minor destruction table. (laughs) Then there's the catastrophic failure table. (laughs) Um... So if you roll a one, then you roll another D six. Oh my god! Uh, stop. Wh- yeah, <laughs> whichever one, you, whichever objective number you roll, remove it permanently. Okay, that's very funny though. So some of the objectives can just yeah, th- like this is a very. This is you have to basically roll a six, then roll a one, then then, roll then you roll whichever one goes away. So it's very particular, but it can come up. Uh, Number two, Void Static. Increase the deployment cost of all units by one for the rest of this Pulse round. Uh, That one would be interesting, especially if it came up more than once. (laughs) Um, Would it
1: stack with itself?
0: It should. I
1: I don't know. Does does Neo Mechanic have a same-name rule?
0: I don't know. It would be interesting if it could, though. I would let it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it'd be fun. And you're like, okay, neither of you are really deploying anything for the well, rest of this Pulse round. Enjoy. like I'm getting
1: my three-cost solo out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next one is Chronomorphic Warp. Uh, remove activation tokens from all units within two inches of the alien node permanent objective that was just scored. Place activation tokens on all units within two inches of the alien node permanent objective that was just scored that did not previously. So basically, if you have an activation token, it's removed. If you don't, you get one on you if you're near that objective. It just swaps them all. Next one is Eruption. Each player with one or more units within two inches of the uh, objective that was just scored, roll an action die. For each strike rolled, uh, you must assign one damage point to one of their models within five inches of the objective. That's really bizarre. You roll a die for every model within two to assign damage to stuff within five. (laughs) That's very strange. Uh, hand of entropy, immediately make rolls to resolve all continuous effects on models within 5 inches of the objective that was just scored as if it was the end of the pulse round
1: oh, and that does damage if it goes badly uh,
0: yeah, it depends on the continuous effect Yeah, if it's like fire, then yes I'm like, uh, wait,
1: isn't that just good?
0: <laughs> yeah, because conti- continuous effects can be a lot of things so it depends because yeah. um, it's like tune-up, corrosion, fire uh, oh, lockdown I forgot, forgot tune-up um, like yeah. yeah, when tune-up sticks around it's real frustrating <laughs> <laughs> You're like, boy, I wish that was gone. Um, and then rift. Your opponent can immediately place a void gate with up to three arc on it anywhere within five inches of the pr- objective that was just scored. That was kind of interesting. That
1: one's not quite lose the game. <laughs> yeah. But
0: it's so not good this either. one, <laughs> this one is the kind of scenario I tend not to like quite as much. Which this is one where you score at the end. Of, well, it depends. This is one where you score at the end of your um, activation, okay. so squad has to end its activation next to the objective to to score on it. There's a lot of pros and cons to that because it, so the the ones I've really enjoyed, although they create a vicious going second advantage, are, are the ones where you score at the end of the pulse round because um, those those tend to give you a little bit more freedom of what you activate because <laughs> um, so like for example with this one uh, there are uh six objectives right and three of them are kind of on your side of the table three of them are kind of on the opponent's side of the table and um because you have to score by like ending an activation that means you need a squad to activate and if you are controlling three objectives that is three activations that are solely tied up in holding down objectives if you are in a winning position you now have four activations at least that have to be just scoring of your five for the pulse round. Yeah. This is yeah. why warjacks are not very good in a lot of primary missions. Um because Wait,
1: is, this, is this a primary or a skirmish?
0: This is a primary.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I'm like, this sounds a lot like a primary mission.
0: Yeah. So in, like in this one, in order to be in a winning position, which means you need to be scoring more than three of the objectives, ideally, uh four out of your five activations need to be squads. Um, Which is why a lot of the stuff that's like, you can remove activation tokens from the Strike Raptor with the Engineer, and it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't be activating that thing more than once (laughs) in these kind of missions, because you need to be scoring. Um,
1: Whereas, like, remove an activation from a squad, maybe they'll score two (laughs) of them.
0: Yeah. This is also one where the amount that you score depends on the pulse round, so it's one point in the first pulse round, two in the second, and three in the third, uh, each time you score. What was that? I think that's a good mechanic. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, it makes it so that like usually when I've played so ones the, like the, that, or, the first or,
1: round isn't irrelevant, but the third round is much more dramatic.
0: Yeah, and, and so I, I found that like early advantages in this can be game-ending, but they aren't like inherently game-ending. Like you, you have a lot of room to come back. Because um, I've definitely had games where I've been like, okay, I scored one more point than you in the first pulse round. Now I just have to hold on <laughs>
1: for the entire game, <laughs> the
0: rest of the game. Like yeah. I've definitely had those games where you're like, well, I'm not scoring again, so I just got to survive. Um, that's one of the more complicated scenarios by far. Other ones will be a little easier to explain, but um, have you played that one? I have tried all of them at least once. Yeah, that one uh, seems
1: like a nightmare to play.
0: It's. It's less than you. Th- it's I don't know. It's a little fun because you do have to have the rule book up in front of you all the time. So it's just you annoying. just
1: you just don't track all of, all of the special things that can happen? I guess.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, you, that's the thing. As part of it is you just can't. Yeah. You just have to go. All right, just see what happens. <laughs> it's yeah. very random. Um, the next one's called Cat and Mouse.
1: I don't love that, but I don't think it's a design flaw. I think that's just a yeah, nice yeah, thing. for sure.
0: Uh, Cat and Mouse is kind of like. So the first one was a circle. This one's like, it's it still has three on either side, but it's kind of reversed. It's you have ones to your left and right that are closer to you. And then the one in the middle is like further away from you. Um, And they're numbered one, two, and three. Number three is the one that's in the middle furthest away from you. Because that is actually relevant. Um, These ones, they are also terrain that provide cover. Oh, I was good to know. Uh, this is another one where only squads score. Yeah, however, this is a uh, end of pulse round score one. Um, so you just have to have your stuff near it, which means you can just get things in position and forget about them if they're in a defensive enough spot.
1: But you want to go second.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this one's real wacky. <laughs> um, at the end of each player's turn... That player can choose to have one of their units within three inches of an objective, of a gate node objective, um, <laughs> teleport to the corresponding gate node objective with the same number on the other side of the table. <laughs> is that before uh, or
1: after scoring? Or this after- would
0: be... It's at the end of your turn. So it'd be after scoring. Okay. Um,
1: so they can score. and they Well, know, it's so scoring is at else. the end of the pulse round. So. Oh, that's right, that's right
0: um you can reposition the teleporting unit to within two inches of the corresponding gate node objective um, so yeah you put one model out it, it's done kind of the same way that you summon things you put one model out and then everything else just goes into formation um, so this one's kind of fun because so like ob- objective one is going to be close to you and to your right which means that the corresponding objective one is the furthest from you on the left it means you go diagonally across the entire table and you can just, you can just do that (laughs) like (laughs) you can just teleport your models across all you have to be doing is controlling your objective like
1: which you should be doing anyways
0: yeah yeah uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat i I, i've played around with this one and it's a lot of the time it kind of feels like a bad idea uh because you're like well i guess my squad's here now but if it's something really tanky uh or if it's something that you're able to like mess with activation tokens on or anything like that like it forces a response a lot of the time um it's really fun it's, it's, also, really, it's it, really it also w-
1: means, it, means you're able to contest far away objectives
0: means you're able to contest very far away yeah so this one i actually as i i've really liked it because we tend to be a little bit slower um so i can like slingshot my my fairly resilient stuff across the table and like heaven haven't you if it's a like double shield Morningstar that I just teleported. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you can do things like if if you like you can actually block landing zones depending on like how terrain is and stuff like that too. If you can make it so that they can't land, then they can't teleport. So like, there's lots of weird little things you can do. Um, it's hard to do those, and squads are pretty small. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, th- well, that that, and, was, and that was a can't lot of fun.
1: Place stuff on top of the objectives. Right? Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's super. It's yeah, it's very difficult um
1: because that's the problem with vehicles right is certain if they can stand an objective they can make it so you can't contest
0: yep yeah so yeah they're big um yeah i, I like this one a lot it's it's really weird like you just don't know what's going on through a lot of the game but in a fun way Uh 'cause because it's just it's so like bizarre just being able to be like i'm over here now um yeah i like
1: this one because yeah it's completely in control it's completely optional yeah, it's you only use it if it benefits you. Yeah, and like,
0: yeah, I mean, you can do things like if you're able to, if you know, say they do counterpunch whatever you teleported, but like, hey, one dude's still alive. You're like, well, I have a warrior model over there now, so I can start putting gates down. Um, so you can start, yeah. you can suddenly create a very powerful position out of that kind of a thing.
1: That's the kind of games I like, where it's you're you're not take it's not turtling and taking hold. It's you
0: know, yeah. yeah, and this one works the same. It's it's the one point. First round, second point, or two two points. Second round, three points. Third round. Um, the, the the only tricky bit about about scenarios where you score at the end of the pulse round is going second is so powerful. It's it's pretty good in ones where you score at end of activations, just because you can like really force stuff. But at ones where it's end of pulse round, you get so much control over where scoring happens and where it doesn't.
1: Well, it's just so much easier to contest, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's easier to contest. It's easier to know what to focus down uh, at on, like, specific. Because you're like, all right, well, I move on to my objective and shoot your guys off yours. So I score, and there was no... You had no real response to that. Yeah. Um, so, like, going second can be... I've had games where I've, like, been like, well, I had no business winning this, but I went second. So... There I go. Uh, that definitely has happened occasionally, which I'm curious. I mean, given they've kind of addressed that with Monpock with going first, I'm curious if they'll ever like bring up any kind of something about that. Took a long time though. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the thing is it, like this, this is the kind of stuff that we could easily see smoothed out like kind of on its own just via like meta shifts or new models or things like that. So it, it or
1: if like a tournament packet. A new yeah. Product. So it
0: just depends on it. Like I, I don't, I don't have a problem with them waiting on it for a little while, but it's something that I could see needing to be addressed eventually. Um, the next one's called Enigmas Gate. Uh which one is? I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay, this one's weird. All right. Uh so this one has um like nine objectives on it. <laughs> Uh, you basically have anybody who's played Incursion, you have the three right across the center, and then the rest of them are a little bit like cat and mouse, just a little more extreme, where you have ones that are close to you in your left and right, and one in the center that's further away. Um, so the ones across the center are uh, called control stations, and the ones that are closer to you are uh, relay points, is what they're called. And they're numbered 1 through 6. So one player has 1, 2, and 3. The other player is going to have 4, 5, and 6. Uh, these ones are also terrain that uh, provide cover. Um, this one uh, is kind of interesting because it allows both squads and vehicles to score. That's new. Yep. Uh, makes it a little bit different. Um, so the interesting thing with this one is that the three objectives that are closer to you aren't... This one is very random. The ones that are closer to you are not active objectives at the start of the game. <laughs> what? Um, you cannot score them. The only the only ones that are scoreable are the ones that are like in the 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 center. Um, when you score an objective, uh, any of those three, y- you roll a die, and that determines which of the six other objectives becomes active. Um, so this uh, you could- weren't
1: joking when you said
0: this is incursion. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So you've got the three that are always gonna be good, and then you've got the six where maybe your opponent has one that's really defensible for them that, that shows up. At the end of the pulse round, however, all of those six objectives become inactive again, so it resets every pulse round. Um And yeah, and then it's the same same scoring of one point. Uh you score at the end of uh or wait, let me look. It's um it's uh, this one is you have to end your activation. Because that's the only way that that would work. Uh, And it's the same 1.2.3 point thing. Uh, So yeah, this one's really bizarre because like... So when I have played it, the thing that I didn't expect when I originally played it was that you have to actually think about when you score. (laughs) Um, Because scoring really early in a turn or in a pulse round... You might get you have the you have the 50-50 chance to get lucky and one of your objectives becomes active, and it's like, oh, I get an extra I get to score again because I one in a defensive position for me showed up. But one on your opponent's side might also become active. Um so my experience with this one was that it was always really weird because we would kind of like both be trying not to be the first one to score for a turn. <laughs> Um, and it, there's definitely probably a right way to play this, but I don't know what it is. Uh, so it was kind of fun because it just it made everybody play in a really weird way. Um, but it's also extremely random. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you could just get lucked out of this scenario really badly, which is a kind of game design. <laughs> uh, so we haven't been very nice so far. <laughs> this is the thing. I essentially like these scenarios, uh, but like... They, this is not a game I'm going to be taking as seriously as I did War Machine, right? Like it's, it definitely has a wackier aspect to it. I still really enjoy it, but there, is, some of the aspects of the scenarios are a lot more like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> like you're not, you're not totally in control of the situation a lot of the time. Um, Which is think,
1: weird in a six-hour game.
0: <laughs> it's not six. When you're sitting there for nine hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the next one we have is Escape Velocity. Uh, this is another one for squads and vehicles. Uh, so this one's kind of interesting. There's, there's um, six objectives. You have two that are really close to you and one on your left and one on your, your right. And then there are two that are like kind of next to each other near the middle of the table. Um, the ones closer to you are... I don't know if the numbers actually matter. Yeah, I guess they kind of do. Um... I think, actually, this might be the one I haven't played, Uh, but it's kind of got a fun... This one, if I remember correctly, is the one that I've kind of referred to as the the capture-the-flag scenario. Um, So the ones that are closer to you are... What are they called? They are uh, escape hatches. Um, No, never mind. Sorry, I mixed that up. The ones that are near the corners are escape hatches, and the ones that are near the center is uh, called a gate node. Um, So... With this one, what you're trying to do is evacuate escapees. <laughs> so uh, when a vehicle or a squad ends its activation, securing an escape hatch, so the ones that are in the middle, um, you put a, you basically put like a portable objective next to the model, like the model that secured the objective. That's your escapee, and you have to then take it to a gate node, and secure that objective. And that's when you score it. Hmm. So you basically have to pick up an objective in the middle of the table and bring it to your side of the table or the other side of the table. I believe it shouldn't matter. (laughs) They're all they're all the same, technically. But um, so this is one that I think would be really good for vehicles Mm -hmm. uh, because you've got a like really quick movements um, that will kind of help you do that. Uh, It's also. Yeah, there's. Yeah, but also like squads have some advantages too, just because of the way they move. Right. Um, they can they can move quite quickly if you can give them multiple moves or anything like that. Or like in the case of like uh, like with ISA, they can strip activations off squads so easily that you can run squads like into the middle and then back really quickly, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, so you end you score at the end of the pulse round for each of the. Um, gate node objectives that, so basically you, you can ignore the escapees entirely and just secure your, like the nodes in the corners but every time you score you get an escapee back to a gate node you score three points which is enormous which is enormous right because that's that's basically that's basically the same as scoring an objective at the end of the game right. um it doesn't mean that like whatever has that objective is going to be a huge target uh but um yeah, if you're able to get back with Can that. Can you steal an escapee? <sighs> um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know if it says...
1: Yeah, what happens if the thing carrying the portable objective dies? Dies.
0: It doesn't say. <laughs> so I would assume Seems it's probably relevant. gone. But yeah, that that does seem like it would be relevant. Um... But yeah, this one is... This is kind of the capture-the-flag scenario. It's Which is kind of fun. It's a fun concept to have in there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and part of... So part of the thing that I, I like about a lot of these scenarios, even though they're they're kind of wacky, is that um, a lot of them are going to want really different kinds of, like, like unit loadouts. Um, like, this one is really good for vehicles, I think. Whereas, like, the first one isn't, right? Like, you can't score with vehicles anyway so i mean you've got a pretty big roster to work with in like a primary size mission but you're gonna want to have lots of options for like different play styles built into that uh, which I, I think will make that kind of like tournament list process kind of interesting uh, especially yeah. when we have more models
1: right do you think it's gonna be like infinity where you like get the scenario before you build your list
0: i'd like it that way i kind of wish war machine did that too though i wish more games did that in general um, I, I've always kind of liked having scenarios ahead of time, but
1: I don't know that War Machine needs it. I guess I don't there are know it, War,
0: War Machine. I think can it can kind of get away with. I, I do like. You know what? I immediately
1: remember why that would matter. It's just not nearly as intense as Infinity.
0: It's yeah. It's not as. It's not nearly as big of a deal. It just is a thing that I like. Yeah, like um, like in Infinity. It's like the game wouldn't function if you didn't like know kind of what you were going into because some yeah. some really- scenarios murder you well yeah there were some
1: scenarios in the first edition where it's like you didn't bring a hacker you don't have a chance of winning good luck
0: yeah there's literally (laughs) nothing you can do enjoy you're playing biotech for all your stuff starts in your regular deployment big mistake (laughs) (laughs) um anyway uh i think there's two more primary missions there's the first patrol uh so this one has seven objectives (laughs) It's basically a giant, really spread-out circle of six objectives, and then there's one right in the center. Um, this one's really weird. Uh, it's In the first pulse round, squads can score objectives. In the second pulse round, any unit can score objectives. In the third pulse round, only vehicles and warjacks can score objectives. <laughs> what? Um... The other thing is that players can only deploy solos and squads until both players have scored a combined ten points. Uh, after players score a combined total of ten or more points, you can deploy any unit as normal. Uh, the idea is this one is supposed to be like a slowly escalating conflict, mm-hmm. like a small a small patrol force runs into each other and turns into like a big mess. Um, I think that's really fun. I think that that makes like. The kind of list building design really interesting, and also like timing when your models come out is going to be really interesting.
1: Because you still want to take, you know, heavy warjacks. And
0: yeah, stuff. it's because you and you need them later in the game too to score things. Unless maybe I mean you could go really vehicle heavy, I guess. But um, but they they can't score at the beginning. They can't be. Signed. But they can't score at the beginning. They they can score in the second round. Uh, so they like vehicles can score the second and third round. That's the and and warjacks can also score the second and third round. But um you need to like transition what your table looks like in the second pulse round. Kind of, you need to be like, yeah. I think that's really in- I, like that's just. I don't. i It's this one actually. It has occurred to me. I haven't played this one. i That, <laughs> oh, that seems
1: that sucks because this is the one where it's most important to ask. Yeah, does
0: I it fe- work? <laughs> yeah, and so th- I, I'll I'll probably try and get this one on the table uh, this coming Monday. Um, because I I do need I need to play a primary mission for something, and um, yeah, it, it's this one just seems like it's got to be real strange because uh, because so because yeah, it
1: super cool, and it seems like it would work, but you know, the the devil's in the details.
0: Well, and I, I like that it's leaning on what makes Warcaster unique, right? Which is the like the the summoning okay. it units mechanic, right? So well, it, and
1: I, lo- I love that What makes Warcaster unique is that there are just times where the models you have on the table don't really matter. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, they have an activation token. On them. I've got, I'm not gonna worry about them until next pulse round.
0: I've had tons of times where I'll have like really powerful units on the table. Like I'll get out like, okay, I was able to finagle up enough resources to get my like fully decked out morning star onto the table. And then I never activate it for an entire game. Cause I'm like, well, it just was never the right thing to activate. I needed to score this or do this. And it just never quite came up. Um, it's like putting a colossal on the table and being like, "I just never got around to using it."
1: Uh, <laughs> I gave it. I gave it three focus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, got got busy elsewhere. Um, this one's scored at end of activation, and it's the same one, two, and three points depending on the pulse round as well. Um, so those warjacks get real uh, real important at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the last uh, primary one is Necropolis Dreaming, which sounds like a Weird Sounds like, like album title or something. That's the name
1: of my punk rock band?
0: Yep. Uh, this one has six objectives, uh, and it's um, like an even more extreme inversion of Cat and Mouse, where you've got your ones on the corners, so to the to the left and right of you, and then there's two like in the middle, like vertically, like right next to each other. Um, like they would be pretty much touching. Actually, they'd be like a few inches apart, as well. Um, these are all data stores, and they are numbered one through six. Uh, and it goes, so, uh, basically it's the corners clockwise, it's one, two, three, and 4, and then the middle ones are 5 and 6. Um, these ones are not terrain and do not provide cover. <laughs> I think this is the, like, just about the only primary mission where that's the case. Um, this one allows anything to score them, which is neat.
1: This is the first time a full-size has done that,
0: right? Yep. Yeah, this is the well, only... Well, except for the
1: middle round of the last one.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, so it's any unit can score the datastore permanent objectives. So at the start of each pulse round, each player rolls a d6 to determine which uh, datastore permanent objectives are active. Um, you re-roll if the results are the same, and uh, you put a token on them so you know which ones they are. So this one's kind of interesting because, yeah, you, there are only ever two objectives active, but you don't know which ones they're going to be. Um, it's actually
1: a pretty low-scoring game.
0: Yeah, well, so this one is um, straight up three points every time you score. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, And it's you end, uh, you score by ending your activation there. Um, And you can only score each objective once per pulse round, obviously. Um, Oh, interesting. Okay, so when you score an active objective, uh, the player that scored it rolls a d6 to determine which new objective becomes active. So. You could end up with a lot of objectives. It just depends on when the scoring happens. Um,
1: okay, I was wrong. This can be an extremely high
0: scoring. This could game. be an extremely high scoring one. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, at the end of the pulse round, all all the objectives stop being active, and you reset to to two. Um, yeah, I, I have played with this one was just a while ago, but. Um, and this is another one of those ones where you're like trying to decide when you want to score, right? Because, because mm-hmm. it is completely random. It could be it could be one of the ones close to you. It could be one of the ones closer to them. You don't know. Um, so you have to be like. It, it does seem like it would just be extremely random, and you'd have no control over it. But like, there is actually kind of a process to like deciding when you're going to actually score. Can, um,
1: can the same one be chosen twice in a pulse round?
0: Uh, they shouldn't. It says if one is already active, you re-roll the d6. Oh,
1: but it can go back to it. Like you can do one, then two, then one
0: um i don't think so because the objective is still active so you just activate more objectives oh okay because the the opponent could still come try to score that one. that's
1: right okay so you might end up having all six of them
0: active. yeah you could have all six active um like conceivably Mm -hmm. and so that that's one of those ones where basically what you do is you would be like a lot of time it's going to be like playing it really safe early on where you're like trying to score as late as possible but if they get ahead you need to start taking more risks right so you're like you need to score earlier to try to get more of them to appear to, to jump on them which I think is kind of interesting like it seems random but there is actually an interesting like
1: because you get to decide when they
0: come up you get to decide like yeah you, you decide when when or how those those are going to start showing up I like up. it it's I like it
1: better than the chart charts that's for sure
0: yeah I mean I like rolling on random charts so I'm a little biased there but um, <laughs> yeah uh, and then there are a couple of skirmish missions which is fun. Um, there's the apotheosis agenda, which I think is just a great name. Uh, <laughs> it just, just pleases me. I, same philosophy textbook. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about uh, the way that they do like the the visual layout for the scenarios is that the like the image they use is like the same size for both kind of scenarios mm-hmm. and. The distances they show are like still scaled for like a full size game. So when you look at this, when you look at this like image, it looks like there's four objectives that are just like way in the corners, <laughs> <laughs> like way in there. But they're not, they're eight inches in on either side, which on like a, you know, three by three or whatever table, like is actually they're not that close to the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it just looks that way. It always makes me laugh when I look at these. Uh, but this has four objectives. Yeah, they're just in the corners. Um, they're called Alien Ruins. They are terrain, and they do provide cover. Uh, so this one, I've actually played... The, this is probably the one I've played the most, because I played I played more Skirmish, and I think this is the one I've played the most times. Because um, it's also just really fun. It's very simple. It, it has the same... It's, it's you, you score at end of activation. Um, any unit can score... And it's one, two, and three points, depending on the pulse round. Uh, but the, just the, the special thing about this one is that every objective that you are securing uncontested, uh, your cypher hand size increases by one.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you can end up with, like, if you have, you know, like a hero or something that's also increasing it, you can have, like, a like eight-card hand. Like, it gets pretty goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been controlling like three objectives at once, and you're like, I just have this huge cipher hand. <laughs> what do I do with all of this? Um, and that's Can't it. Yeah, hold like, all these ciphers. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's just everybody gets a everybody gets a bigger cipher hand, which is nice. So it's, it's, I mean, it just plays out like a pretty regular skirmish game. It's just it's kind of fun because you get this this big cipher hand to play with. Uh, which when like, when do you score? Uh, that one's this one's at end of activation. Uh, wait, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. End of activation.
1: Yep. So yeah, this is. This is a pretty solid scenario.
0: Yeah, it's a good scenario. I like it. It's really simple, but yeah. it's yeah, it's good. Uh the next one is Moonshadow. Uh this one is basically what if the last one was rotated like forty five degrees. It's instead of an objective in the corner, there's like one in the middle of each like table edge kind of, and eight inches from the those those table edges. Um these are not
1: the I think that's the name of the next Terminator movie.
0: Moon Shadow. Yep. Uh the um these ones are not terrain. They do not provide cover. They are just called strategic location objectives, which is like the most bland name for an objective. You get, it's important spot objective is basically <laughs> yeah. what it is. Um, this one is any unit can score. Uh, this one is uh, an end of activation scoring as well with the same one, two, and three point point pulse round thing. So this one's kind of interesting. Uh, models without... So is this model's without revelation. I think it means revelator. Suffer minus one rat for every full five inches away from their target that they are.
1: So everything has stealth. It's night fighting.
0: Well, and uh, models with their bases completely within obscuring terrain gain stealth. Okay. That's the other part of it. Um, So this is one where not a lot of people are actually using obscuring terrain. Uh, We've been trying to add more things like forests to our tables once in a while. Um, Just to have it because it's a terrain type that we always forget about. And uh, yeah, this one's kind of interesting because it tones down a little bit of the really long range shooting game, like the kind of extreme range strike Raptor stuff uh, because the rat just gets dropped down. It's still like when when you're using like a bunch of power dice, like it's still pretty accurate. But uh, and it's like full five inches, which like especially given the table's not that big in the first place, it's not it never gets as bad as you'd think. Right. But um, but y- you'll often be shooting at minus you know, minus one to two rat, depending on exactly where you're shooting. Because if they're nine point eight inches from you, it's still only minus one. Okay. Uh, it's got to be those those five full inches. But I mean, that's pretty much it. It's the, the skirmish ones are very very simplistic, but they work really well. They're they're simple but very effective. Um, I like them quite a bit. Uh, and then the last uh, is it the last one? Yeah, the last one is unconventional warfare. This one has five objectives. you have one in each corner, and then there's one right in the center um The objective in the table or in the center is a strategic point, and the ones in the corner are gate nodes uh They're numbered one and two, and uh the numbers are basically diagonally across from each other, so the one to your right is going to be number one, and the one farther away from you into the left is also number one and then yeah, two for the other one um the gate node objectives in the corners are terrain and they do provide cover but the one in the middle does not um so this is basically the skirmish version of the teleport one uh it's uh you you can choose to have one at the end of your your turn you can choose to have one of your units within three inches of the gate node teleport to the corresponding numbered gate node um and then uh I like it's a lot
1: better on the smaller table
0: yeah yep and um, this is one where you score at the end of the pulse round. Um, and let me see if it says. <laughs> I think it might not say who scores this one. I I believe it's any unit since that's typical of of skirmish scenarios, but it actually doesn't say, which is really funny. Oops. Nothing scores. Get <laughs> wrecked. Uh, but this one is um, you score at the end of the pulse round. Which, um, definitely, like, going second with this one, especially with the ability to teleport to contest, means that going second can be very strong on this one. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to say anything too bad about the skirmish ones. Skirmish games just always feel really good. It's part of why everybody's kind of playing them.
1: I mean, I, I mean just, like, they don't have a lot of the cruft. They don't have, you know, giant tables or random shit happening. That, yeah. Or, I don't know a lot simpler sure but they they just feel a
0: lot well like and i can keep them all in my head yep yeah yeah for sure there's a lot less of them um the last thing that's in collision course is the race mode i i don't honestly know a whole lot about it um i haven't looked into it a whole lot it's got its own map it looks fairly entertaining i'm sure i'll kind of like learn it and play around with it at some point but the
1: the table thirds thing was clever
0: yes yeah yeah, it's kind of fun. But like I, I didn't get the map for it. I probably will eventually, so I'm not really set up to be able to play around with it too much. I thought you um, had like
1: all the maps.
0: No, I didn't get that one. Unfortunately, I I need to get. So, what I really need is I need a skirmish sized mat. The only one I actually have is like the one that was from the last kick the the first Kickstarter, which was like the big the big primary mission sized one. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I have a couple of frustrations with. Which one is that it's primary size, which means I don't ever get to use it because I play skirmish like ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, The other one is that so it has little nodes on it for the scenarios, but it's all the like base scenarios. (laughs) I'm like, but I'm using the new scenarios now. Um, It's a really pretty mat though, but I I I really want to get like a skirmish size mat because I don't really have any. We have to use really bizarre mats. I think we have like a rumble mat we (laughs) use. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it's like lying around. Um, Yeah, overall, I I think Collision Course did a lot for like it helped a lot. One of the things that I think we kind of knew going into the first Kickstarter was like this the game wasn't out yet. (laughs) You know, we didn't have like Collision Course. Kind of feels like that's sort of what like we have a more complete set of what scenarios are going to be looking like. Um, we have more models as well, which is great. Um, there are some really great additions that I've been able to play around with a little bit. The Paladin Siegebreaker is about as awesome as its model looks, which makes me happy.
1: Which is quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I love that thing. Um,
1: so okay, well, let's start. Let's start talking about specific models from Wave Two that you have played. Sure. So, Definitely, let's start with the Siegebreaker. He's the
0: coolest. Yeah. So yeah, Siegebreaker is awesome. So one of the one of the things I've had with with ISA is, so like, I now I have very very little experience with Empyreans, but I know that they hit hard just by nature of they have like a lot of high intensity and stuff like that. Um, but like uh, Marchers have things like their their like railgun that can like spike to reduce the armor of what you hit. Um, AC is like just cor- like corrosion dripping out of every pore. Um, ISA's ability to, like, crack armor has been really odd. <laughs> it's it's basically you need a decked-out Morningstar that's, like, pretty much what you use to break anything that's, like, tanky, which is a big resource investment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you don't have, like... Admittedly, like, marchers, it's a big investment for them as well, but their squads are also so fast that they're really good on scenario that way. You just need um, one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, with isa i I found i've had just a really like anything that's just really durable has just been like a nightmare to get through uh but the uh siege breaker has been like a really awesome kind of fix to that it's also especially because it's not just like a big armor cracker it's like ridiculously versatile um because you're like
1: it's not that slow it's yeah it's definitely not
0: quick but like it's 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 fine and then, like, it's pretty tanky. It's annoying to remove. It's it's a one-point solo, so it's not, like, yeah. a huge... You need one arc for it. You know, you don't need to have a weaver hand at a whole million arc or whatever. Um, and it's, like, you can either... You can go, I'm going to well, spike to... to yeah, do I was ass,
1: Doesn't it spike every time?
0: Right. And so it's, you're, like, okay, I'm going to spike to do my big, like, three red dice single shot. Or it's basically I'm going to spike to fire one time like a heavy warjack... Or I can just hold on to my charge and fire both a strafe and blast gun. Yeah. Um, and which, we always love. <laughs> yeah, which are just, it's super efficient, right? Like, it's basically a spray away from having, like, every great gun type you can have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I've really liked it. He's just, he just rips chunks out of things, and it's just, like, a really nice. And they're, they're, like, tanky enough that people don't really want to shoot at them. Because mm-hmm. um, they're just kind of a pain to actually kill uh but yeah i've had like two of them on a table just tromping around blowing stuff up and, well, and uh, they,
1: they take up your solo activation
0: which is yeah nice they take deal. yeah yeah they're and, and that's a big thing is there's always like in order to get anything done i always needed like my big activations and my solos were always kind of doing weird utility stuff because like even like like take like the paladin commander paladin commander is great but he, like his his weapons aren't great <laughs> like they're, his rat, they're cute Yeah, his rat is, like, weirdly low. Like, it is a blast weapon, so I'm not going to complain about it too much. But it's, like, Mm pow 3. It's just it's a little bit inconsistent. Like, I found he'll do a little bit of work, and sometimes he's gotten lucky and done stuff. But for the most part, like, I'm activating him to, like, shoot at a thing, and maybe he'll kill it. And then I'm removing an activation token from a squad. That's pretty much his job. Um, Having solo activations that I'm, like, or, like, the Weaver, right? It's, like, I'm moving arc around. Um, We don't have, like, a Marauder who's, like, I'm activating to get shit done. Mm-hmm. um and so that's again. kind of what the siege breaker has taken yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah with the marauder just forever just over and over again for the rest of eternity um yeah so,
1: you you were talking about the interceptor I, Has he said it was fun to move the
0: base yeah i just like moving it around it's just a big <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all just that a matters big, big chunky base yeah i, I had it spawn up on top of a building and then like fly down and take an objective and then he was like all right i'm gonna send in this unit into melee and he's like wait that thing has flight doesn't it i was like yeah Def seven. good luck yeah she's def seven (laughs) re-rolling yeah yeah um and so that's definitely a big part of my curiosity with isa specifically with the interceptors that to me it looks like it's like why would you not take duchess right because duchess is like such a direct upgrade uh but then it occurred to me that like it's basically like one unlucky shot away from losing your Interceptor permanently because you can't resummon Duchess. That said, and so I was like, basically, is the plus one defense in the ability to do two maneuvers enough to, like, make that worth it? And I've only played the one game with it, and she activated literally once. The point
1: but after the, the two maneuver thing, too, uh,
0: oh, it might. It might. It, she more. just has more. She just has more, yeah. more, more maneuvers. Right. But it's basically like, yeah, the, the plus one defense and, and other maneuvers that she had access to. Also things like the the null torpedo, which you have to you have to take her to get. Um, and it was basically like, is that worth it? And uh, it probably is. <laughs> I, I I don't know if she's like amazing, uh, but like, here's what she did in my game. She cruised nine inches to take an objective I had no business taking, uh, killed a paladin commander off of it, and... Uh, put up the reroll defense thing and then just didn't do anything
1: and then just never died. Yeah, yeah, and
0: she she got attacked by stuff and she's just like, "Nah, I'm holding this forever cuz I'm just going to be a pain in the butt to remove." And that was the thing is it was like you probably could have got rid of her, but it was like such an investment. It's never worth it, yeah. Yeah, cuz it's just dealing with like that three wounds death 5 rerolling like yeah, you have to have and, like specifically
1: the razor back.
0: Right. And, and that's one of the things I always like I, I've definitely had to like learn a little bit more is that a lot of the time, that really high defense... Like, like five white dice is not... Like, when you're looking at, like, RAP five with three red dice or something on, like, a tuned-up strike raptor or something, um, you're still going to get hit a lot of the time, but the fact that your defense is that high and you're rerolling means that you're not getting hit very hard very right. often. So it's often taking a lot of attacks to actually kill you. Um, and it's it's kind of the... Wounds. Yeah, it, it's the weird thing about where... War, like, Warcaster's... The nature of Warcaster's like damage system is that like accuracy equals damage, which is really hard to wrap my brain around sometimes because I'm used to the like power of the weapon being the thing that's relevant, right? The, the POW plus strength in the case of War Machine. Um, it's like well, I hit, but that's a binary thing. But defense is not a like a binary yes/no in in Warcaster. Um, how hard you got hit definitely is relevant um yeah so she's been a lot of fun um i unfortunately haven't really had time to play around much with i haven't played around with hearst um especially oh. playing, yeah she,
1: pl- she seems insane
0: yeah especially playing around in skirmish like that hero slot gets really competitive yeah, I mean, um, i'm usually still running like two heroes i usually use a hero in my like eight as well Uh, just because
1: like three or four it seems bad
0: yeah there's a point where you're like i definitely had a game where like i was sitting there i was putting together stuff and i was like all right i got this hero in i got duchess and then i was like i really want voss but like that's a lot of my stuff that can never come back (laughs) you might only
1: have five models on the table after that
0: yeah granted
1: uh, duchess hopefully never dies
0: Yeah, well, and and like, yeah, a lot of them, and this is the thing, a lot of time the heroes are very strong, and that's kind of the the trade-off. I would almost be curious to see what, like, what a list with just a bunch of heroes in it for solos would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because they are very strong, so it gives you probably a lot of upfront oomph. It's like, okay, now I need to drag that into a a good late game, I guess. I bet you can Um, get
1: away with it in uh, ISA just by taking the shield guard jack.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, or, like, there's also the new Paladin Defenders who can, who can spike That's to take yep. um Which, and, and again, those are another thing that I haven't played a Brian with too much. But I am excited to paint those, because I think they'll look very cool. Uh, that was one they thing have, I was really excited about with them.
1: They do have some sweet shields.
0: They got some cool shields. I like the big spears. Um, they're interesting. They So one thing I hadn't realized with them, because I, I wasn't really sure about them for a little while, but I hadn't realized that their weapon is actually POW-5, which... <laughs> it's pretty good oh yeah it's high it's i mean that's it's yeah. range three right it's range two and then it goes to three if they're charged yeah. uh which is it's far yeah um so they can do some kind of interesting stuff and yeah they can spike to take hits for other things which is a little clunky but it is useful it's well, not a bad thing it's just i would
1: say has now like three insanely high value solos
0: yes yeah yeah there's a number of them um yeah, I, I think it's exciting. We're, we're we're seeing we've got all the uh all with 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 the, with the new models in like playing around with uh, cuz originally when we just had the baseline Kickstarter stuff, like playing a mirror match was like just miserable cuz it was just like both you just had the same like four units. <laughs> like that you just have two of basically. Mm-hmm. Um and now it's getting a little closer to where you're like, all right, I, I'm actually making choices. Um talk
1: about making choices in list building.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, you're actually. Do you feel like,
1: like you're making choices while summoning a lot?
0: Uh, yeah, quite a bit actually. It's uh, especially because things like things end up with such different roles, right? So you're you're having to kind of decide like what you're actually bringing out. But it's definitely still a little bit narrow. Um, but once we got when, like,
1: especially when you're only allowed to uh, score with certain type.
0: Yes, yeah, and, and it's yeah, and it's part of why you end up playing a lot of skirmish. But I, I'm probably doing a full size game on on like this coming Monday because I want to get a feel for for some of the new scenarios and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think that the one I was when I asked about like the potential of like convention events and stuff like that, I was directed to Boker Brawl being probably the probably the first like convention that's happening that's going to have a uh, forecaster tournament. I think it'd be kind of fun to make it to that. I'd have to get all the way to Jersey, but I've like never been there. And I had, to, yeah, right. It's not like I've depleted my traveling. Yeah, <laughs> we're all just why I'm using the fact that nobody's traveled in forever to try to get a bunch of locals to go to Warfare Weekend this year. So, which would be pretty fun. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, we just wanted to talk a little bit about uh about the collision course stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably have a little more experience with with. Um, with some of the stuff i'm going to be starting to do some write-ups on on some some of the warcaster units and stuff like that Cool. Um, i've already got a couple that are like in draft right now okay, um
1: your articles are always six thousand words
0: long i yeah i'm desperately trying to like greatly reduce that because <laughs> i'm like all right i'm never going to get anything done if i keep writing short novels every time i need to write anything um but yeah anyhow uh yeah let us know like if 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 anybody listening out there has, has played around with the Collision Core stuff or has any opinions on it or, or any fun synergies or ideas, let us know. Because uh, it's, it's been kind of a fun game to explore. <laughs> it's very unique. Um, and then every time I like talk to anyone online about it, I start to realize that everybody has very different opinions about like how the game works. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and, not just unique
1: from other games. It's unique from Meta to Meta.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and it's unique in the time that it came out, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're we're all kind of figuring it out in our own little bubbles right now, which is something that, like... I mean, that, that used to be how games worked, right? But uh, <laughs> it hasn't really been the case for a while, but now it's... You know, aside from TTS to a certain degree, mm-hmm. um, we're kind of getting into... It's, it's. It feels a little more like an old-school way of, of learning games and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's more or less... More or less it as far as as, far as talking about Collision course stuff. So in uh, closing, I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon, because you guys are fantastic. Um, if you want to check that out, it's patreon.com slash Uh It's basically our tip jar. We don't really have anything like locked behind that or anything like that. Uh, But if you do want to just throw a little bit of support our way for all the stuff that we do, uh, that's where you can do that. Um, We are working on getting the uh, we we had some suggestions for like goofy intros and stuff from our higher tier uh, patrons. We're working on those. It's it's just getting some of them at the same time. Yeah, one of the one of them requires all three of us to be on and like specifically do a thing, like take some time doing something that will be a little bit interesting to
1: um, that that was my favorite so far.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun, but uh, it'll it's, it's going to take a little bit of practice. I guess is probably the right term for it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're working on we're working on kind of getting those going, uh, which will be uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, if you want to be able to uh, do things like um, voting on uh, like. For our, our Warcaster tier, you can vote on uh, topics every month for one of the casts that we do uh, every month. Um, it also kind of opens up suggestion boxes, things like that. Uh, and it also gets you uh, access to the the patron-only part of our Discord, which is great. Um, and, uh, one of a variety of colors. And one of a variety of colors, yeah, which is really what it's all about. Different colored Discord names is basically uh, life right now. Yep, uh, nice. yeah. Yep, but it's all, yeah. Um... I also uh, want to uh, give big thanks to our sponsors, such as figurepainters.com, Mr. Tyson. Tyson is running an event in Las Vegas in September, and part of me wants to go, Um, just because. But (laughs) Tyson runs uh, really awesome stuff in uh, Vegas, and I believe, like, SoCal. Um, But he's also the guy who runs figurepainters.com, where he has a whole bunch of really awesome hobby stuff, as well as a store where he's got, like, base inserts, uh, flight bases for things like rocket men and griever swarms which are absolutely awesome and uh yeah just lots of really good hobby stuff uh figurepainters.com he's got really cool stuff on there uh also a big thanks to broken egg games uh that's where you go if you want the the real pretty tokens uh i, I apparently need to get ret tokens now um
1: i'm surprised you don't have everything yet
0: yeah it kind of feels like i should by this point <laughs> um yeah, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of really awesome uh, terrain, widgets, uh, tokens, things like that, uh, with just very high quality art on those. So if you want to check that out, broken egg, broken egg There's a lot of G's in there. Uh, you can use the code LOS5CODE get 5% off everything on their store you can also contact me on Twitter at LOS underscore Chandler I'm the only one who checks it so that's the only one to go to you can find us on Facebook which is just a line of sight that's probably the best way to just see all the stuff that we do since we post everything there uh, you can also go to our website which is LOSWarmachine.com see so all the articles and stuff all the Brawl Machine articles are they exist and boy that was a lot of work from from phil whatever. and he's itching for more i know he was like do you guys have more ideas for me and we we're like i mean sure <laughs> uh <laughs> okay guys a machine uh those are pretty awesome um you can also find our discord uh, if you go to lswarmachine.com and see the podcast uh there's uh our show notes have the link to the discord uh or you can always just message us and ask for it we're usually happy to link it real quick so um yeah that's pretty much it Well done, everybody. Yay! Good job. Uh, And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Maybe we'll have all three of us on. Who knows? (laughs) Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah, it'd be wild. It's a whole new week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, We will see you all next week. Bye.